Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Post-COVID. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm coming off of COVID. You've had it. You've had it already. Twice. Man. Yeah. Well, there, it, it's, and it's fully vaccinated. <laughs> well, me too. Me too. Now, my son is not. And so he has blamed it. He said, yeah, and you're the one who's you've been vaccinated and you've been boosted. You know, so he's been just absolutely mocking me. Yeah. So, yeah, came down with it, you know, over a week ago. Wife tested positive. You know, thankfully, we're, we're going to try to make this a cough-free episode. Today, uh, what's on our hearts and minds is kind of pull the curtain back, and I start with I start with divulging that I contracted COVID and, and did get sick. I mean, the first 24 hours were, were pretty brutal, and the headache was pretty brutal. But today, we thought that we would kind of pull the curtain back. A, a big part of leadership, in our estimation, is shared humanity. And we, we tend to, you know, it's, it's the Mount Rushmore kind of a phenomenon of, oh, well, this bigger than life kind of a leadership. And I really don't want anybody to get the impression that that's how we view leadership, that you need to aspire to be this Mount Rushmore kind of a figure, uh, because leadership is not about perfection. Leadership is not about always achieving the ideal it can be about pursuit of the ideal but we're human we're human sometimes we come down with covid and we didn't plan on that sometimes we make mistakes us. randy yeah exactly you know sometimes we're real and we actually do say gosh i wish i didn't just do that <laughs> yeah <know>? yeah <laughs> i laugh at people who who comment at the question you know about regrets and no, oh, I don't have any regrets and I'm like only a fool has no regrets I just can't imagine I remember asking an old man in my life years ago about any regrets that he had as a father and he had some big challenges he had some adult kids that were well we'll say problematic and he looked me square in the eyes and he said no and I remember leaving his home that evening and I remember thinking how's that possible how is it even possible that, you know, cause I was, he was 30 years older than me. Well, I, I couldn't have cataloged all my regrets at that point, you know, and that was a long, long time ago. You know, that was probably close to over 30 years ago now for me. So well, I think it's, I think the focus so often when you talk about regrets is, oh, I don't have any, they got me to where I'm today. Every decision got me to where I am today. But in reality, there are things I think all of us could look back on and say, man, I wish I had done that differently. Doesn't mean the outcome was still positive. Right. Right. But it, but to say there, there wasn't anything that we could have done differently, could have done better. It, it almost doesn't seem possible. We all have had those moments, but I, I also agree every decision we've made have got us to where we are today every every choice you know you always tell your kids make good choices how many of us have had that conversation just make good choices that's right don't get into something you can't get out of 
mm-hmm. you know, the basic parenting tips applies to all of us in work too, in business. So, well, I just think the pressure, the pressure of a, of a leader today, perhaps born from social media, perhaps born from just the, the modern culture, you know, the whole, never let them see you sweat kind of a thing. The Instagram moment. I'm wondering as an older guy, I'm wondering what pressure that's putting, especially on emerging or young leaders. You know, we grew up, I grew up with the moniker, never let them see you sweat. Now the context of that was usually, at least for me, the lesson was taught mostly in negotiation and mostly in, in conducting business kind of a thing. And yet I learned how untrue that was. I learned that if I divulged in a negotiation, for instance, here's a problem I've got. Here's a problem I've got with your offer. And here's why your offer isn't going to work for me. That the more I pulled that back and I could pull the other person toward me and I could move toward them because in most cases in a business deal, they want to make a deal. I want to make a deal. Well, how can we make this deal? Now I grew up in the cold war era and the books that I read on negotiation and the instruction and the teaching about negotiation was very U S versus Soviet Russia based where Soviet Russia was known to negotiate. I win, you lose. And that was just kind of the way of the world. It was that zero sum era. So I learned firsthand kind of the hard way that that never let them see you sweat and that hold up the ideal. And when it comes to leadership, I absolutely learned it. I mean, one of my, one of my most profound lessons was probably standing in front of a group of people that answered to me and apologizing. And And what did you learn from that? Why was that profound in your it mind? Just, it just, well, it wasn't profound for me. I saw the profound impact that that had on the organization. Okay. And I didn't anticipate that. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. I'd messed up. I'd made a bad decision. And as the guy, you know, at the top, that decision had impacted these people. This wasn't some make or break thing. I would love, I wish I could tell you what it was about. I don't remember. I don't, I remember, I remember calling the meeting and I remember standing in front of them all and they're seated, seated and I'm standing and I remember telling them all, you know, that I messed up and I don't know. I, 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 I didn't, I was young. I didn't go and quiz them all down, but you could just sense it. You could just sense, you could just sense a depth of connection that I don't think now looking back, there's no way that would have happened had I not done it. So my message today, and however we take this conversation is fine with me, is if you are a leader, if you are an emerging leader, if you are an aspiring leader, I'm not saying share all your dirty laundry, right? That's not the point, but the point is 
don't think that every single moment has got to be an Instagram moment. And that if you don't have an Instagram moment that, well, there, there goes, there goes my opportunity, you know, I've well, blown frankly, it. Yeah. You have to, you have to be transparent. I've had similar moments. Um, some of the best ones I can remember were the same level of just sharing with my, t it's typically been with my team right with my hr group right of you know what i i apologize this did not go as i expected i feel like i've let you guys down but i also in the same message said but i will get us through this i will get us through this as a unit but i messed up you know i messed up not not intentionally but the outcome i messed up and and I don't want us to have to live through that, but I wanted to formally apologize and I will get us through this. And like you said, the outpouring became instantly bonding for so many people because they, they didn't say it in the group. They came to me individually. They gave me a hug. They said, we appreciate and value you. I wouldn't follow anybody else. You know, um, I mean, it was just words of, affirmation and encouragement that we all can use and and you also don't do that frequently because that sends a different message That's but right. in genuine moments i think it's necessary it's necessary to admit that and you're right the whole especially um you know i've i've seen this just as i've evolved as a leader um and moving up the chain where, you know, I, I've kind of grown up where women have started, you know, started, my mom started working, which wasn't common back in the day and contributing. And, um, and then as we progress, trying to move up in leadership was just, I don't ever look at it honestly, really as female versus male or anything like that. But there were challenges along the way, really more so in private sector that I had than in public sector of just trying to advance as a female in upper leadership and executive leadership. Um, and at our city, it's, it's heavily supported. It was one of the initiatives Tom, you know, was really working on just to make our entire team leadership team diverse from many different avenues. I mean, he was really focused on expanding that. And but for I our audience, Tom Hart was, was a long time city manager at Grand Prairie. He retired some time ago and Steve dies stepped up and that's right trying to has take the same seat. belief system yep. right same values but um but but overall those genuine moments really let people in to who you are personally and if you if you do it from your heart and you say the things that you mean and that's how you live your life and live your leadership journey i think people naturally are going to believe that it's believable and you want it to be genuine. If you aren't practicing that genuine spirit or open door or transparency, there is less of an opportunity for them to follow, right? Because they just don't know what the truth is at that moment. Well, and I so think I that's a you. big, I think that's a big point. I, I think the consistency and, and you being true, true to yourself the other lesson that i learned in my in my apology was and it was completely unintentional i'd love to tell you that i was so strategic and i was so brilliant as a young leader but you know and i was but 
<laughs> Probably not in that area. And he's no, also very humble. Yeah, was the was the no humility. Was, yeah, exactly. Was the no excuse, you know, thing. So if you as a leader are willing to lead the parade, and you you have to be, because come on, that's what leadership is about. Uh, you, you're you're going to show people how how this is done. I don't know of any high performing culture that wants or tolerates excuse making. Right. What we want is we want to get away from the excuses. And I think this very topic of just showing our humanity as leaders shows that it doesn't show that we're making an excuse. It shows that we're not going to accept the excuse. Yes, I did it. I messed up. But that does not mean that we're not going to fix it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to look the other way and act like this didn't happen. Yeah, Because we're not going to do that with our people. We're not going to do that with the workflow that we've got going through whatever department or whatever organization you happen to be leading. You know, we, we do, we are going to call things out, but there's something powerful when you're willing and able to call yourself out, I guess. Yes. And, and that leads to my, one of my big life lessons that, that follows that theory is, and you and I have talked about it is being congruent. The actions must dem must match your words. If if you are not congruent and your organization is not congruent on what people see versus what people hear, they will pick up on that in a millisecond and, and feel there's a lack of genuine. Now, that doesn't mean we sometimes can't tell people everything at points in time. Uh, that we would love to, but for whatever reasons, it's confidential. You know, th there's decisions that have to be made in the background. But man, you have to be congruent. The the leadership fails I have witnessed in my career uh, with others is when they're saying one thing and doing something different. And when that trust is broken with the team or whoever is under them, right? Whoever reports to them, it is really hard to see that ever recover. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't recover, but that when your actions don't match your words, a lack of trust develops and is almost irreparable. Well, the journey that I've, that. yeah, the journey that I've experienced is people, people experience that people in the workplace experience that. And immediately they, they try to resolve that. We all do. We just immediately, our brains go into this mode where, okay, they say this, but they're doing that. Now I'm trying to make sense of this. Now, how long that goes depends on the person. Some or of us, what they explain, if they don't explain the why, and sometimes exactly. there is a, a lack of congruency, but there's a reason, right? And you have to share the why, but if there's no logical explanation that's given that helps us resolve this conflict in our mind, then that conflict continues to expand and to grow. And eventually for some quick, for some, maybe it takes a little bit, then you're, you're right. I mean, the trust is broken and it's like, okay, well, we know we can't believe what they say and we're all prone. I think we are all prone to lean toward I'm way going to more trust what you do, what I see happen and the way you behave than, the than I am what you just say to me. You know, the sermon that you preach is one thing, but the sermon that I see you living, okay, well, that's a whole, that's got way more magnification power, you know, for me. 
And I well, think and that's true for all of us. People, if they don't, if you, first of all, if you're saying one thing and doing something different and you don't explain, here's why we're doing this, that is an outlier of what we would normally be doing. Guess who fills in the blanks? The people. They're going to yeah. fill it in what they what they believe to be true. And if there's speculation, then you've got however many people, 10, 14. I've got 14 on my staff. I have 14 people now coming up with their reasoning why they think we're not following what we're saying. And now 14 and their, different and their reasons. Story and guess what? They, they talk. Yeah, well, and their 14 <laughs> reasons, they will not be optimistic. No. They will and, not and think the best. That's right. And I'm not saying my team does that, but I'm saying as humans... We all do. We all, if we're honest with yourself, we all do that. If you don't have the answer and it's not given to you, you will fill it in with what you believe to be true. Right? Listen, so, anybody talk, so anybody listening, yeah, anybody listening to us that works if if you if you are if you are a city manager, if you are below a city manager position, if the mayor calls the city manager says I'd like to see you, it's highly doubtful that the city manager immediately thinks, great, I'm going to get an accolade. You know, you, the city manager, if the mayor calls, says, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you in 30 minutes. You're thinking, uh, oh, you know, what did I do? Well, or, or what did somebody do? You know, yeah. it's just, it's just nature. We're, right. we're, we're prone to th not think something great is going to happen, but something bad is liable to happen. But no, it's it's exactly right. Well, the subject is humanity in our in our leadership. As you think about your leadership journey, you know, and this we started out kind of thinking, okay, well, let's talk about some lessons learned, but it seems to me that this this is live podcasting. Okay, it's not we're recording, but the real focus here is humanity and leadership. And that humanity being open and available and transparent and authentic and whatever other adjective you uh -huh. want to put to it for us to show people that we're real. Well, I think as part of that, you and I have talked about you've got to be yourself. Your words lean heavily into who you are. It's so easy for us as humans to interact with other people and immediately start picking out what they don't do well and wishing you could change what they don't do well. And I think as part of coaching, it's great to, to try to help guide them to improve in areas. But I, the fault that's often seen is that people focus on trying to make the others like them. And I would encourage what I've learned over time is don't try to make others like you or like you want them to be. Focus on what they do well and bring that to the table. Start fitting your practices and your teams to bringing those people in that have great skills. I call it the don't try to make a leopard into a lamb because they come with totally different abilities, strengths, and what they bring to the table. Leopards got speed, hunting skills. If you're trying to tell the lamb to be the leopard, I really need you to get faster. I really need you to hunt prey. <laughs> that lamb is like, you know what? I produce wool. I keep people warm in the winter. You know what I mean? So it's the, it's the whole leopard versus the lamb. Just try, 
focus on what they bring to the table and what they do well, bring that up and make your team stronger because of it. What have you done as a leader that's helped you help you help you see that more clearly in people? For for me, it was really just this journey of team and investing in others. Really, and that came later in my career. I have to tell you, Randy, I was like you. I was a driver early in my career. I knew the path. I knew I wanted to be in leadership. I was always humble. I never felt like I was the expert and knew everything, but I knew the path I was on and where I wanted to be. And my focus was ensuring when somebody asked me to do something, I did it and I got it knocked out. It was less focus on at the in my early years. I wanted to prove I was dependable, reliable, trustworthy, honest, high integrity. It was about me. As I went in, as I'm ripping the earphones out of my ears, as I, as I went through my journey and became a leader, which is started in 2006, a formal leader, like given the title of leadership, um, that journey taught me, I really, it's not about me any longer. It's about my people and my team and those I'm serving to help them become better. What caused that shift? Just honestly, the ability, the power in we versus me. But did the formalization came. of the leadership, did you having a title and an actual position and now you got direct reports, did that? I think that well, the only thing that that added for me is authority. I was, I would call it an informal leader my whole life, even as a young child. People I know, would but come did that me. cause you to have more of an outward focus because it was now formalized or? Well, yes. I, you know, I had the team. I, I literally had a right. team that relied upon me. Before I had a team, but I was an equal yeah, part of the team. In a, yeah, in a, as a peer, when you have authority, you can make decisions that impact your team. At that point, you have the authority to do so. So it is a shift. Um, it doesn't mean I didn't have impact without the title, but right. for me, knowing that that truly my team's success really depended on me and those I served, and by saying the team, not only those that reported to me, but those I was serving outwardly. You know, we've talked about serving out, up, and down. Um, and I, I realized at that point, this is not so much about what Lisa can do. This is more about what can I help others to do for them to be successful in their units? Whether it's my own staff, whether it's uh, another manager needing help. But the power of we is so much stronger than the power of me alone. Did you do anything specific, you know, to help you shift that focus from just yourself to these these individual people? And it's it's we, but at some point it's you. It's you as the leader serving you the person who's working in my department or my organization or whatever well, so it's a team but it's also very individual so how did you were, were there were there any any i'm curious what tools or what tactics or, or what actions you took to try to flesh out what are they really good at what might they not be so good at through for me, it was really a lesson in the negative first. Uh, in my in my early years, I had I came into a team. This was twenty years ago or better, twenty five years ago. Came into a team very self centered, very 
each individual fighting for themselves, lack so of the, teamwork. The team, so the team was self-centered. It was destructive. Okay. It was a destructive culture at the at that time when I when I became a leader and came onto the team and quickly saw through just observation, this is not what I want. The second big part of that lesson learned for me was having a weak leader in my early years that did not focus on me, did not focus on our team, was more focused on just going up the career path. And this happened in private sector. Um, absolutely self-centered and you know through that i was like boy that is not what i want to be when i grow up you know right, right. you know you think about what you want to be and sometimes the brightest lessons are in the hardest times i think you've talked about that you grow the most through uh, adversity if you're willing to see the silver lining see if you can look through that and say, man, that journey, I have learned so much through the negative versus when it's going great, you can just ride almost. I mean, not that you don't still do stuff. Well, but, but that's worth a sidebar, Your Honor. That's worth it. That's worth a sidebar in that. Do you object? <laughs> no, it's worth a sidebar in the sense that there are people listening to us watching this right now that I can promise you are going through a really tough time. Mm -hmm. The odds are heavy that the majority of people may be and just know this these are the times when the lessons are being learned so try to see past the storm clouds we're in texas man we wish we had storm clouds right now but the storm clouds in your career try your best to you know to see through those because there's there's opportunity there well there's always the opportunity there and you know i would tell our listeners people forget when you are going through adversity, I'm telling you, people are watching. That is your true reflection of character and strength is when, uh, and, and just humility. Uh, we've talked a lot about that in our previous podcasts and other episodes. People are really watching. Your leaders are watching how you react. Your team is watching how you react. And this is whether you're a leader or a team member, a peer, um, I'm not at this point, not speaking just to leaders, if whoever is listening, if you are going through the storm, people are watching, um, you need to lean into who you are. You need to rely upon those you trust, get insight, seek wisdom and counsel, uh, because likely somebody else has been in your shoes, maybe not the exact same circumstances, but they have gone through the storm too, and you can learn through them as well in their lessons and they can guide you in decision points and you've got to trust others that, and this is so important on mentorship and, and just finding people you respect enough that are really good at what they do and just seeking counsel. They aren't going to have all the answers, but they can at least ask enough questions that your path might become clearer. You might, you know, as you and I have journeyed through this, I talk about clarity. They just help you see a clear way. They don't necessarily tell you what to do, but um, I think you have to lean into into who you are. And in my lesson, as I talked about that and learned through these difficult times, that's really when I became a, lead, a formal leader. When I when Grand Prairie hired me as a manager, I quickly started seeing. Okay, this is what I saw in the past that I don't want to be. 
So how do I do that differently to create what I need? But I wasn't perfect then. I've got teammates who've been with me many years and they can tell you there was mistakes made, but we weren't afraid of them. We just hit them head on as a unit through genuine, honest dialogue. And I always tell people they can either choose to believe you or they just don't. And you cannot impact that in another human. All you can do is the ones that believe you, that you're genuine, will stay with you even through adversity. They will and, follow and you into the storm. That's right. And we're teeing, we're teeing up what we know are going to be some future episodes where we're going to take a, a, a focus here, here and again on high-performance cultures because that really is at the heart of an awful lot of everything that we talk about. Mm-hmm because we're getting things done through other people. And so how can we get this team of people, you know, rowing in the same direction, you know, pulling their weight, doing, making their contribution to your point, the leopard and the lamb distinction. So talk about the weaknesses that, that you faced and and how you viewed those. And I'll, I'll get it started and share. I was just by nature of my personality, I was not so much focused on my weaknesses as far as going pot committed to try to completely eradicate those. I just wanted to shore up weak. I didn't want the weaknesses to get in the way. My personality, I was prone and maybe it was because very, very early on Donald O'Clifton, Donald O'Clifton wrote a little book called soar with your strengths. Donald O'Clifton is the father of what we now know as strengths finders, um, owned by Gallup, uh, and they're in the midst of rebranding. But I read that as a, as a young guy, some of Donald O'Clifton, I just completely stumble bummed on it. And it, it, it really resonated with me because it was how I just saw myself. It's how I saw other people. I did not look at other people and think, well, they need to fix this. They need to fix that. Now I was always focused on potential and I was always focused on, you know, let's tweak this, let's get this better. But I was more focused on, is this weakness problematic? I mean, if if this weakness is so glaring that it's sabotaging success, we've got a problem. We we need to shore that up, but to get so focused on just the weakness, and then you can't see, well, this, look at the strength this leopard has in speed and hunting skills, but we start, we just focus on what the leopard isn't. Well, we're missing the, we're just missing the boat. That's right. How, how did that, I don't know. What did, what, what did any of that look like for you? For, for me, the further I went in leadership, the, the more I saw it because it is a natural, it seems to be a natural instinct of humans. See what they don't, what you wish others were when you're working with them, right? I wish they were more creative. I wish they were more, because that might be what you need in the moment. And teammates, I also saw, would judge them when they came with an issue to us as leaders, whether it was me or somebody I'm counseling, uh, another leader that's had the issue, they're like, I just, they just need to be better at writing skills. They just need to be better at, you know, they're really shy and I just need them to really speak out in meetings. And it's, when you're, when you're 
judging another for what they aren't, like you said, the whole premise of the leopard and the lamb, what they aren't. I agree with you. You're missing the boat. For me, it was identifying how do I make others, one, respect the differences that we all have in one another, two, acknowledge where we are not strong, and three, what are we going to work on to make that better individually and as a unit? Because when you're putting teams together, for me, I started, instead of looking at just picking my high performer, uh, if there's one or two of them that were really shining, I really wanted to say, how do I get these others involved? Just because they don't have that skill set, they do bring something else. Maybe they have the creative side and can do the advertising. Maybe they're the speaker and can be the the one that speaks out on the topic and can bring ideas to the table because the others don't want to say anything, you know. So it was really this, it, it happened as I became a leader in 2006 and I started on that journey and trying to understand how do I help me and others focus on strengths versus weaknesses. And we started talking about it, but trust me, there was a lot of fails. What I'd try to do, then somebody would judge somebody else. And then it fell apart, right? They're like, well, did you see that? Did you see the picture they chose? You know, I was trying to do stuff to unify us. Right. And there would be somebody that would say, well, that, that offends me because they thought this of me when I brought up my thing. And I'm like, okay, now how do I stop that from happening? I mean, yeah. so every attempt had a failure. But guess what? Every attempt also had a success. So I just kept plowing for me, Randy, I just kept plowing through it going, okay, so that didn't go well on this area, but it did go well on this. Let's build on that. So what went well? Now, how do I fix what went wrong? How do I change the outcome? You're, you always talk about ideal outcomes. Mm -hmm. How do I change the ideal outcome and work towards that? And that led me to where I am now in the last three years of going, okay, the, the team was fractured a little during COVID by COVID. We were all automatically virtual, didn't have connections. You know me, I can, I can sit behind a desk and work all day long and knock stuff out. But what people were thriving for when, they, when you couldn't have it was connection. So I had to instantly shift of how do I make us real during COVID when we cannot see each other. And so we started the Zoom. That's when we started, and I lead, you know, it's a long conversation, but I lead us to the Thoughtful Thursdays and our uh, Feel Good Fridays. And I started just having an hour with our team once a week. Tell me one word that describes your struggle this week. So instead of focusing on what are we going to do as a team to do better? No, I want just to share personally so we realize we are human. That changed everything the dynamics there would be some days of tears there would be some days of laughter we too lighthearted. we talk about okay what's your dream vacation if you could go anywhere you start automatically learning people are human and they have the same interests as you right so all of that led to where we are today of just i don't know just focusing on each of us and what we do well and acknowledging we're all working on something so why pick each other apart why try to be something we're not? Let's just lean into who we are. And then as you start seeing those strengths and you start seeing the weaknesses too, I put try to put them in positions where they're going to succeed based on what they do really, really well. And that's how I've gotten to it over time that's evolved. But man, I, I had a lot of failure along the way 
and you can talk to anybody that's been with me a long time, we have had some struggles, but it's with a pure heart. I'd never intended that. It's just, you have to learn. You have to learn yeah, and, and I, you have to be willing to learn and see it for yourself. And I think intention is a, is a big deal. Well, as we kind of wrap up and, and, and I'll start and give you the last word. So some advice that we can, we can offer some counsel that we can offer some direction that we can offer our audience in this human journey of leadership for starters, we all know it's imperfect. It's imperfect. It is not formulaic. There is no secret. There is no blueprint. There's no pattern. Yes, there are some fundamental things that we hope to be bringing to you. Hope we have brought to you through this podcast, um, that are indicative of superior leadership, but the journey is so individual and the journey is, is so focused on who you are as a human that you just have to figure it out. We just have to figure these things out and we have to make it our own. One piece of advice that I continue to give people, particularly leaders very early on, I was in my mid to later twenties and I decided to create, I called it my business philosophy. And I've given you enough background about the era that I kind of came of age, the Cold War era and the zero sum game and the I win, you lose kind of a kind of a mindset. Well, that was the world. That was the world in the 70s where, when I was starting out. Um, manipulative selling was more, more, <laughs> more the way of the world yeah. then. And the thing that I crafted that I have not refined through the years because I, I stumble bummed around and I just caught lightning in a bottle, at least for me. And I crafted what I called my business philosophy and it now serves as part of my email signature. And it has for years and years, always dot, 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 be honest, be competent, give more, make it right. And I did that after I had made my first real kind of formal public apology to staff. And I just thought this feels right to me. This feels congruent with who I am and what I want to be. I'd love to tell you that I've always fulfilled that mission and that philosophy, but I haven't. There've been moments where I have colossally failed. There have been moments where I wasn't honest. There've been moments where I absolutely wasn't competent. There've been moments where I didn't give more. There've absolutely been moments where I, I didn't make it right. Um, but over time that has continued to, to morph and, and, tr and hopefully become more powerful and hopefully more real, more accurate. You, I, my whole thing goes back to being just authentic is number one, learn from others, seek counsel from those who've been around the block and just be the, the best version of yourself. Don't try to replicate someone else. You know, those, those for me have, and, and like you said, I would also say doing what's right. Just know, do, do what's right all the time and really think about that because those things develop trust 
they develop relationships. And if you're genuine, you're going to, you're going to have moments where you slip. We all do. We're not perfect, but those will carry you a long way with those around you and will, and it just builds respect and appreciation. Um, all the things that you need as a leader and with a team. She's Lisa Norris. She's coming to you from live from Austin, Texas. She's at a conference. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> I am trying to learn more. <laughs> trying to learn and, and try. I am, I am being congruent with what I just told you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so am I. So I'm, I'm still somewhat isolating, kind of, sort of, because the wife, she, she took a COVID test over the weekend and tested positive. Thankfully, she's not, not suffering all of the, uh, all the stuff that I did. So. And by next time, I'll have the goatee back. So Lisa, first thing we fired up Zoom, she's like, "Where's the goatee?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do this about four times <laughs> a year." So different. I do it about four times a year. Yeah, I told Lisa before we hit record. I said, "Yeah, Rhonda doesn't like it." My wife, of 44 years, she doesn't like it because it makes me look younger. <laughs> I said, "Well, you know, you're an old woman and you're married to an old man, so I've got to look the old man part." So we appreciate you, the audience. Uh, feel free to email us. You can. Find us over at the website, growgreat.com, the contact form over there. Uh, we appreciate you giving us your time and attention. We know today was a little bit of a different episode, but I guess the, the overarching theme, hopefully you got it, was this is a really imperfect journey. It's a very imperfect science. There's a ton of books written about leadership and whatnot, but then there's the real world where we get hit in the face and we just got to figure these things out. We hope to be two voices that are kind of, helping you do that and i'll let you That's say right. good night lisa all right well i i appreciate all our listeners we're also uh bringing to you we're starting to open up to some guests right randy we got a couple people lined up if you know of others who are really great in leadership at what they do have something unique or special also send us those and we'll talk to them and see if they're interested uh, we'd love to have more guests on the show i'm sure you love hearing randy and i but we want to bring some other insight into the mix and continue to grow great. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.